Welcome to episode 6 of the Nerds Win New Podcast. I'm back and my name is Josh. And as my good friend Marshall Mathers once said, ladies and gentlemen, it feels so good to be back. I'm Scott. <laughs> Alright, well after a one week hiatus, we have uh, Scotty Mac back in the chair. How you feeling Scotty? Well, Mac Attack is back. I'm good. I'm good. All right, so uh, we're a day late this week. That's uh, because we had to take a little extra time to prepare for this uh, hopefully supersized edition of the Nerds Landing Podcast. We had a lot to talk about this week. Uh, this is our last week for a while talking about Game of Thrones, uh, so we'll be back next week with some new topics for you. Uh, but, you know, it, Game of Thrones is still the big thing right now as we're coming down from Season 7, so... Uh, I'll just jump right into it. How'd you feel about the finale, Scott? It was awesome. Um, can I say that Littlefinger's death uh, that we basically said on this show was going to happen Yeah, finally happened, and it was so amazing. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, throughout the course of the show, I'd somehow forgotten all the shit that he had pulled, I guess because it's been a couple of years since I watched some of the earlier episodes. Uh, but then when I thought about, man, he fucked everything for everybody. It's a good thing that he's getting his. Um, so just kind of like some big questions to start out with. We'll get into the, the specifics of the episode um, here in a few minutes. But did you like the season overall? Did you have any issues with it? So uh, uh, the only real issue I had with the season was um, the timing. You know, I feel like that's everybody's gripe and everybody's complaint of this season so far, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Okay. And, um, I thought it did a good job of setting up for the final season. Okay. Um, and, uh, since we didn't get a chance to do this last week, I had my fiance step in for you. Um, how did you feel about, uh, episode six? You know, I'd say it might be one of the most controversial episodes of the series, if not the most controversial. Yeah. And that, that goes with the, the timing. Yeah, I was talking about, you know, it, it it was very frustrating for me to witness a, um, a Gendry running, getting a raven, and then the raven basically using Dragon Ball Z in, instant transmission to uh, yeah. to make it to Danny. Uh, but I still loved it. I mean, the, the interaction with, with Tormund and the Hound, yeah. where Tormund's talking about his, his beauty at Winterfell. Yeah, that, that was great. Amazing. Um, I guess my only rebuttal, and I've had a lot of time to think about uh, what happened in season six, and I've read a lot of articles and you listen to some other podcasts, it's kind of get some alternative views. Um, I don't think that they were, they were trying to tell us that things were unfolding instantaneously. I think they just did a poor job of explaining to, to us how much time had elapsed. I don't think they're trying to say that Gendry was uh, the Usain Bolt of the Seven Kingdoms, and that he you know ran back in a few minutes what it took them several days to accomplish. Because I got the idea that they were at least a half a day or even more into that journey. Um, yeah, I thought so too. Um, I definitely. Uh, the Gendry part made me really upset, and I'll tell yeah. you why. You, you, Tormund took his weapon, his Warhammer, and said, "You know, you're faster without it." So, yeah. so you know, you know what's beyond the wall. You, you, right. You've seen it. The most dangerous part. 
Right. And and you're letting him run by yeah. himself with no weapon. So that even lends itself to say that he's not very far from the wall yeah. if they're saying go without a weapon. Yeah. I, I just wish- think that uh, the writers cracked under the pressure of that situation to explain to us what was going on. And I guess what's frustrating is that HBO never would have said, we want fewer episodes of Game of Thrones. These are the writers saying, we want to be done with this. We only want to do this many episodes. Right? Because seriously, why would Game of Thrones kill the golden dragon, as it were? Yeah. So they they said that the the big thing this season and next season is budget issues. Which makes sense because, I mean, the actors are making well over a million dollars at this point per episode. They're making that much money per episode now? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, at least really? the At least the main characters are. Um, so, so probably Daenerys, Jon Snow, um, Tyrion, Tyrion Cersei, Jaime. And Jaime, I believe. So that's a lot of overhead even before you start shooting. Before you even start and shooting. And God knows what the writers are making yeah, compared not, to other writers. and. Not to mention all the CGI... Yeah, um, all that stuff. Um, well, but, but you gotta even think. Yes, that's a that's a heck of a lot of money going out the yeah. door before you even start shooting. But, but how also, much money are they making? But also, how many subscriptions go out the door um, as soon as Game of Thrones is over? If they don't have a tangible replacement, probably another Game of Thrones story or something involving <clears throat> the same world. To follow it up with right away. And who knows, that might be why they're delaying next season. It might not be writing and yeah. it it might honestly be like they're trying to figure out yeah. by time to fill the void. Well, you uh, you kind of bring up my next question in, in that Game of Thrones is really by itself when it comes to operating in this really interesting space where um, the cultural consciousness is with Game of Thrones on a week-to-week basis when it's on. Um, can even, even a show like Game of Thrones, can they afford to push out the weight too long in the kind of media landscape that we have now where everything's instantaneous and you get all of your episodes from the top? I don't think you can, and I think that's where we came into the issues this season with all the leaks. Okay. Um, you know, I, I understand wanting winter to make it to where you're shooting. Yeah. But I honestly think that the leaks wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad if we didn't have to wait. So what I'm getting at, do you think they can afford to wait two years to release the final season? No. I think they need to... Uh, like, it needs to come out end of next year. I agree with you. I feel like they obviously have a year. Nobody expects somebody to put a a TV show on that scale uh, back out in less than a year. But if you look at even 18 months, that's just a really long time. And most of these actors, I'm sure they do other stuff uh, overseas, but most of them don't have big careers over here in the States. So, you know, you're relying on people like us, basically, to keep it going and say, fuck yeah, I can't wait. And if they're lucky, George R. R. Martin will release another book soon. 
you know, before the next season comes out. That's that's the hope. Um, and you're right. I mean, they they don't really have that big of careers here. I mean, Sophie yeah. Turner is in X Men, but that's you know it's a minor part up to, up right. to this point. Right. Um, you um, know, uh, Peter Dinklage has been in a few things. Yeah. But he's never been the star of a thing. And plus, if you work the way they do on this show, would you want to go work your ass off if no. you're making the kind of money that they're making? No. Honestly, so, like, uh, I, I want to be the Matt Carroll of of the the rich life. Like, just give me a million dollars to sit on the bench, show up to practice. Right. right. And for those of you who don't know, like, uh, Matt Carroll used to play for the Dallas Mavericks. And by play, I mean all he did was show up to practice. Yeah. He never touched the court. Not yeah, even when it, it, it kind of reminds out. me of the guy that um, was the backup for Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, Matt Flynn. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like he had a few good games, and then he got this big-ass contract, and now you haven't seen him in, like, five years. Right. That's the dream, though. Like, <laughs> right. L- let me cash out and then never have to work again. Yeah. So I just feel like the way that they've handled the business aspect of the show uh, leaves a lot to be desired um, because you have this massive thing on your hands, and I feel like they're kind of botching the finish when it comes to, you know, maximum impact. We're not in the culture now where maximum wait time equals maximum impact. It might for the books because that's a whole other audience that, you know, what percentage of Game of Thrones viewers either have read the books or going to pick up a book? Right, yeah. You know, pretty small. Very small. It's a whole other audience. So anyway, uh, I, I just thought those were some interesting questions that I've seen floating around, and you know, and you know, as somebody that literally studies entertainment business, I just think it's a really interesting thing you know to to make your fan base wait that long, and not even tell them the exact date you'll be back if you'll even be back next year. That's right. just really bold, and it'll work out in their favor because. It's HBO, it's Game of Thrones, they have a built-in audience that, you know, can't get enough of it. But, you know, there's some people that are going to be pissed off once that show's over. They're not going to have an HBO subscription. So, Um, why? I I just don't see why they wouldn't take their time, expand it out as much as they can. You know, still do two more seasons. You know, if you're looking from the end of season six perspective, still do two more ten-episode seasons. If you have a couple of long ones in there, great. But give us the time that we've always had to jump into a storyline. Yeah. So, anyway, you know what? Do, what do we know? We're just fans, and but you know, uh, you know, we've watched some shows and uh, television shows have trouble ending. Yes, they do. Like The Walking Dead. How do you end The Fucking Walking Dead? Uh, everybody dies. <laughs> that's that's it. Everybody dies. Yeah. Uh, like the other day, I saw a, a meme. It was George R. R. Martin writing, and it said, <laughs> "The Night King killed everybody." The, the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, there's a part of me that um, would kind of like that. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, there's some theories going around there that the Night King is the good guy in the story. Uh, well, yeah, super uh, weird. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't shock me so much because the good versus evil—is he really evil? Um, you had to do a whole lot more than kill the shitty people of Westeros than to be considered evil. Yeah. You know, because, you know, there's not very many good people. 
um, at least the ones that we see on screen. Anyway, thanks for diving into that with me. Let's get into the specifics of the episode. Um, If I could categorize it in any specific way, I would say this was the week of reunions. Yes. We had that big scene with the dragon pit. Yeah. You know, Brian finally got to see Jamie again. The hound got to see his brother uh, in the mountain. And then... Cocaine Bowl 2018. Yes. TBD. And then, you know, Tyrion got to see Cersei again it was it was very interesting um I think there's a divide like there's some people out there that watch the show for the action and then there's I like the action but I like the tension yeah there was so much tension (laughs) in this episode I've never felt more tense while watching an episode of television I don't think yeah I, I left my ass off when uh when Danny got off the dragon and everybody's amazed I mean everybody's like bugging out it's like you didn't fucking know that that's how she was gonna show up to that party but the the funny thing about it is cersei just like very calmly was like you're fucking late like we've <laughs> yeah, been we've been here i for thought a while. that was <laughs> she says about being late to a business meeting <laughs> right <laughs> uh she's like you're on as jay and nsp and <laughs> you got cersei it's like nah who the fuck cares what, what, you, what is this garbage Right, because you know, in reality, she was extremely impressed, but yeah, she just wouldn't I don't, show it. I don't it. know how she kept her cool. So, you know, as far as reunions, what was your favorite reunion? It, it didn't have to be a happy one. Just what was your what were your two favorite characters to see pushed back together? Um, I would say my two favorite characters pushed back together were uh, Cersei and Tyrion. Okay, that whole interaction. Where she could have, I mean, she could have easily had Tyrion killed in that room. Um, yeah. After the dragon pit scene, you know, when he goes to kind of talk her into the idea. Um, yeah. That whole exchange was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed with how they got into the baggage of the relationship and they covered some of the new topics that were uh, going on at that moment. Um, basically, how she how Tyrion kind of fucked the whole family. Um, you know, because obviously Jamie and Cersei weren't really equipped to handle steering the family in the right direction. So I thought that was interesting and, you know, the blame for the death of the kids and all that other stuff. And, and, uh, you know, Tyrion's big gulp of wine. Uh, that was a nice touch. And, uh, and then you have, uh, the mountain, just you know, hanging out in the background, and you don't know what he's going to do. And yeah. um, I would say that was the most interesting. But you know, the action movie fan in me <laughs> really wanted to see uh, the mountain and the hound ready to rumble. Yeah, I think everybody was anticipating it. And, yeah. You know, if it if it was going to be any episode, it would have been this one. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll see Clegane Bowl at some point in the final season just yeah. because they've been doing a lot of fan service lately. I would say the mountain probably has to be one of the biggest characters next year because he was mostly on the sidelines this year. You know, Cersei has a much bigger hit list now than what she did before. So he's probably going to be working overtime. Yeah. And I'm interested. I'm very interested to see. Um, I don't know if you saw like how interested Kyburn was with the white, the zombie, basically. Like right. He picked up the hand and was like, oh, 
what the things I could do with this. Right. So Creepy bastard. Makes me wonder if like if the mountain does dive, Kyburn somehow figures out a way to bring, bring him back, back. Yeah. again. Well, we only have six episodes left. Am I right? Um, yes. And even if they're an hour and a half long, you don't have a lot of time to establish new beats. You, know, you right. have to take, <laughs> you know, take the ball that's been thrown to you and go ahead and try to score the touchdown now. Yeah, and that's why I really hope that uh, that the book series is able to come out within the next ten years. Who knows with how fast he writes. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I feel like the book series is going to have a lot of side details that we're obviously going to miss in the TV show. Right? Um, do you feel like they're they're still working from his structure, or do you do you feel like they know how he's planning on ending it? So I think that um, he's given them some pretty big liberties. Like he's he he has told them where. He wants mm-hmm. the story to go, but I think that uh, that they're pretty far from the path in terms of how the books are going to turn out. Well, from what I've read, that he's not really even involved in the show at all at this point. And yeah, which I, doesn't make sense to me. Um, I I think that when apparently he seems pretty eccentric, and he probably isn't the type of person that a television writer or a, let's just face it, an HBO executive wants to deal with. Because who else gets to come in, (laughs) get their money, and then still tell people what to do? Yeah. Um, It's kind of like when uh, Disney pays a billion dollars for the rights to Star Wars, and George Lucas says, well, these are my ideas. Well, fuck your ideas. We paid you to not have any. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, so take your money, get the fuck out of my office. Right. I, I'm pretty sure there was a conversation like that. Right. And I'm not one of those George Lucas haters. He created the world for us. He decided that he didn't want to tell the story anymore, so you can't have your billion dollars and then eat my cake off the plate. Right. So I feel like that there's probably a situation with George R. R. Martin as well, where you're getting paid all this money, uh, you're not pumping out the material that we're paying you for, you know, because we're saying we're gonna adapt your five books, and if you finish it, we'll adapt your next two books. So if you you're not writing, uh, you're trying to tell us what to do, and you already get paid. So you see how quickly that relationship goes sour? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. And you, you got to wonder, like, the, if the actors make over a million per episode, how much did he make? Or oh, is yeah. still making? Oh, he's getting an ungodly amount of money, you know, on this. And I just hope for his sake he got some type of payout uh, based on ratings and number of seasons. And it wasn't just like, uh, we're going to pay you ten, five million bucks for your stuff. because so kind of like a, uh, a percentage, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. kind of like, I don't know if you ever knew this, but um, a lot of actors do that. They take a percentage instead of a bigger salary. So like Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> when Avengers comes out and makes over a billion dollars, instead of taking a $10 million that he would have 
uh, negotiated for, he gets like around 50 or $60 million, you know, because he's technically the biggest name in the movie and the movie makes all this money and he mm-hmm. gets, he gets a percentage. They call it, you know, points. Yeah. But anyway, just lots of, I, I'm just fascinated by the business aspect of this show, <laughs> you know, because, you know, how many, how many shows have ran into this problem where the, you know, the creator of the show is a novelist that won't, can't or won't finish his books on time. Right. You know, it wasn't there a point when, did you read the Harry Potter books, didn't you? Of course. Okay. Of course I did. At one point, weren't the movies catching up to the books? Uh, they, they were, but you know, the author J.K. Rowling, she always had the books out, you know, relatively quick compared to the movies because yeah. the movies were every year, year and a half. Yeah. Uh, so we got, we always got the next book in between the movie. Yeah. So, you know, like when, so the last book was Deathly Hollows. So there was probably another movie or two in the uh, pipeline before the Deathly Hollows movies yeah. came out. I just thought it was interesting. It's just a kind of a weird thing. So you go back to the episode. Um, one of the things I didn't really see coming, I don't know if I was just kind of numb to it or if I was just kind of zoning out throughout the episode, I didn't see Cersei's double cross coming. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but from a character standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, she's trying to play the Game of Thrones. She's trying yeah. to basically say, I'm going to help so that you abandon everything and go north and then I'm going to take yeah. all my shit back. Well, because when you think about her initial proposition of saying, "You, know, I'm going to pull back, I'm going to help you win this war, it's so practical. And story-wise, it makes so much sense, you know, for, you know, obviously for the future, not looking at past character behavior, but to say, you know, they start out next season, they take care of the White Walkers, and then you kind of have a final fight for the throne. And she just, she just continues to, I don't know what the right word is, because she doesn't disappoint me, because she, you know, she's doing what that character is meant to do, but every week she takes up the rage another level for what you can feel for her. I don't think there's anybody that's a fan of her at this point. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's understandable. Um, I'm a fan of the actress, not a fan of the character, and I think that's... Oh. Yeah, yeah, she's a fantastic most, actress. I think that's yeah. how most people feel at this point. Yeah. Um, I do think that... Um, I, I kind of expected her to do something, mostly because... Um, look at it logically. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on. He's like, oh, they can't swim. Well, I'm going to go hang out on an island until all this blows over. Yeah. Well, he's he's got a fucking dragon, and dragons can fly over oceans. Right. He can raise the dead anywhere, so you're not safe on your island. Um, did John and the crew tell them that he had a dragon? No, but I feel like that's kind of... That would have been some pertinent information. Well, yeah. you know, Cersei points out, she was like, you know... She only had two. She only had two. Yeah. Very astute observation. I don't understand why she took two of them. She should have just... Taking the one. Yeah, she should have. And she, she was showing her full force, her full power. Which yeah, which is, to me. which is right now diminished. 
right. in the first place. I did like seeing Grey Worm for all of two seconds, though. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I kind of forgot about him. So, um, you know, since we're on, you know, the Cersei topic, we'll get to some other stuff in a minute. But were you surprised about that final confrontation with Jamie? Or I think we might have seen something like that leading to uh, that relationship's demise where Jamie says, you know what, I, I can't be around this anymore. Yeah, I, we knew that the relationship was going to go sour eventually. And yeah. um, we, I think the big thing for us was we just didn't know how. So was I surprised in the outcome? No. But how the process kind of unfolded was yeah. pretty interesting. Well, I think we said at one point that or maybe uh, Jane and I said this last week that um, Cersei wasn't going to react properly to the news of real White Walkers, <laughs> you know, heading uh, for Westeros, and that was going to be the thing that makes Jamie snap. Just say, you know what, she just doesn't get it. Um, but I don't even know if that's what made him weave. I think what made him weave was her indifference toward him, and her willing to say, well, if you're not with me, fuck you. Whatever we have, whatever we've had in the past, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, the the fact that she threatened his life, I think, was a big turning point for him. Like, all right, you really don't care about me at this point. You just care about your seat. I time. was confused as to why she let him go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe to test his loyalty. I'm, I'm yeah. not real sure. It backfired big time. Not that yeah. he can really do much anyways. You know, it, He's he's not a lefty, so yeah. he's pretty terrible with that sword. Yeah, well, yeah, it was um, it was a really beautiful shot of him leaving, and then it starts snowing. Um, you know, really skillfully set up by them uh, for that shot. I just thought that was a great way to end that piece of the story. Um, so now. Uh, well, let me get your opinion first. Do you want to go into the Jon Snow action? Uh, Jon Snow for now? <laughs> or do you want to get into the uh, action at Winterfell? Let's talk about uh, that Jon Snow. Okay. Or should I say Aegon Targaryen? Right. So, you know, we have this really interesting scene toward the end where uh, Sam Tarly shows up at Winterfell. Uh, another relatively quick travel. If you just look at a number of episodes, but, you know. Um, and he has this great scene where uh, Bran tells him that he's a three-eyed raven. He can see all these things. And uh, and Sam, he's the only one that's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Uh, I, I really like Sam. Uh, he's yeah. He's... Him and Bran are really the only ones that can't, I feel like, can't do anything. Other than use their intelligence. Other than yeah. use their intelligence. You know, yeah. Sansa is up there, except she has a different type of intelligence. She's and more she's, of, like, espionage. She has more political power of who she is. Right. Whereas, like, yeah. I actually see Sam and Bran being the heroes intellectually. And what's interesting is that Bran would probably have the same political power as Sansa if he wasn't in a wheelchair. Yeah. Or in a chair. Um, so I just love that whole thing of uh, what is that, what does that mean? <laughs> because nobody else has really questioned him, uh, questioned him on it. But 
uh, Sam has seen enough stuff, even just this season, to where he's not freaked out by what Bran can do. He just wants to know about it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's this great scene where you see uh, Bran talking, and then um, he confirms that uh, he says that Jon Snow should really be Jon Sand. Is that right? Yes. And then uh, that he's actually the son of Rhaegar Targaryen. And what was... Lyanna Stark. Lyanna Stark. So that wasn't a surprise. But the way that they shot it and the way they uh, spliced the scenes together, it made it feel like a big impact because we were getting confirmation uh, as soon as... uh, (laughs) As soon as uh, Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen are making the beast with two backs. <laughs> so, uh, obviously that's a huge moment, but I don't think we need to discuss, I guess, the ins and outs of that scene because everything that happened was something that we either knew about already or that we knew it was going to happen. <clears throat> Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah but... <sighs> I guess the big question is, how do you feel about him in, being named Aegon Targaryen? Um, so I understand why they're doing it, but yeah. I don't like it. Um, so there's a character in the books who um, says that he is Aegon Targaryen, which is Rhaegar's second child. Right. And the uh, second Aegon Targaryen. Yes. Right? Because the original Aegon Targaryen his head bashed in by the mountain. Well, that's that's the that's the uh, Aegon I'm talking about. So in the books, okay, in the books he says that um, spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> um, in the in the books, they they basically say that um, Aegon they switched the baby. They switched the baby, okay. and Aegon lived. Yeah. So I think in the books, uh, there's been rumors that John's name's going to be Jaharis. Jaharis Targaryen. Yeah, or okay. Aemon. Because okay. Rhaegar was real close to Aemon Targaryen, his uncle. Um, so you're saying in the books he'll have that name? Yeah, he'll have a different okay. name than Aegon. Um, well, and I think that the TV show, it makes sense for them to do that because they're not going to introduce the Aegon Targaryen right. story. Right, uh, not enough time. Not enough um, wiggle room left. But even so, I guess what we should think is that as uh, she's giving birth... They know that Aegon Targaryen's already dead, and that's why he's being named Aegon Targaryen again. I guess. I'm, I, I, because why would you name both children Aegon Targaryen if right. Aegon Targaryen is still alive? Right. Yeah, this is kind of a sense. deep dive <laughs> that because most people don't even probably won't even remember that Rhaegar had another kid. You know, I'm sure they'll discuss it next year or two years from now. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that's an interesting way to go. And the fact that, I mean, the funny part is that I never even considered what his real name was. (laughs) I never even spent time thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, Jon Snow is a Targaryen, so he'll be Jon Targaryen. (laughs) (laughs) I used to. Because that rolls off the tongue. Right. I used to walk around saying he was Stargaryen. (laughs) Jon Stargaryen. (laughs) Jon Stargaryen. Stark. That's not. Stargaryen. Hey, that's not a bad name. (laughs) Um, Cause he's so, a motherfucking star boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the big question now is: 
somehow Bran's going to tell them, probably in, I would think, the first episode, whenever it comes back, but they're going to tell him, hey, by the way, you know, uh, um, Ned, you know, the person that you thought was your father, who <laughs> treated you as his bastard for your entire life, who you modeled your entire existence off of, he's not really your father. Uh, the uh, the son of the Mad King is actually your father, and you've been fucking your aunt. Yeah, so gonna, it, the, the the weird thing is, I think Danny is going to be more okay with it. She's like, eh, who cares? My well, family, my family did it for years. Well, she'll be she'll be cool with the incest part of it, uh, but she'll be upset that she's not the true heir to the Iron Throne. Yeah, um, yeah. there it's going to be a, a definite political aspect yeah. of it because he's already technically bent the knee to her even though right. he is the rightful heir well if they truly want to shock us which i don't it, it just wouldn't fit with his character but if they want to shock us they'll make it where john actually wants the title but it doesn't fit with his character to want to be king yeah i um actually my hope for the end of the series I hope that uh, John and Danny get together. Uh, well, obviously they already are together, but right. you know, get get, get married, married, and uh, something happens to where either Danny dies and John takes over as king, basically because there's no other option, yeah. or John dies for good this time, yeah. and Danny. Uh, you know, I, I don't want both of them to be alive at the end of the se- of the series. Do you think that would be too fan servicey? Well, let's put it this way. Here's how I feel about it. If George R. R. Martin has told them it's going to be a long rough journey, but this is what happens. They end up together ruling uh ruling the seven kingdoms. But Daenerys is the real figurehead. John, he's king, but he changes the role of what it means to be king. Basically, he becomes queen, I guess. Like, yeah, in a way. So, like, the they basically flip it. Instead of the king ruling, the queen rules, and the king just... Right. He kind of, like, serves the hand of the queen you know, Makes type sense. of role. I'd actually like that. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, uh, because it would subvert expectations in so many ways. Um. So, if his vision is that they end up together rolling somehow, I think that's what they should do. But if he's already said one of them doesn't make it, and then <laughs> the writers make their own ending to make, <clears throat> quote-unquote, the fans happy, I think that would be really shitty. Because I, I listened to something the other day, there's a really solid chance we're never going to get that seventh book. Don't say that. I really hate to say that. Don't say that. <laughs> but seriously, how old's the man? He's twenty. <laughs> He's twenty. Yes. Yeah. He he is forever twenty. Seriously, how old is he? Oh, I have no idea. Sixties. Probably. Okay. If not closer to. And how long has he been working on book six? Like 10 years. Okay. It's, it feels like 10 years. Okay. So, 
if we're lucky, we'll get the book probably next year. That's the hope. I know okay. that his his goal was actually to have it done this year. Uh, yeah. But that's not happening. So. so even if he finishes the book five to ten years from now and the show's already over, chances are because of the number of people that watch the show as opposed to read the book, the show is going to have the definitive ending to Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, as they say. Yeah, I think he's at a disadvantage. Um not because there's a bigger audience of people that watch the show compared to the reading the books, but I think that he's so far behind at this point that yeah. even the book readers are going to reluctantly like I'm going to read it just because I I really want to see the side how the side plots shake right. out. Um, but we're going to have the TV show frame of reference. Right. And that's going to really change how we see his vision. Right. It could either enhance it or it can tear it down. And full disclosure, I haven't read all the books. I started reading the first book once a couple of years ago, but I, even this week I started it again. And I'm enjoying the nuance. I'm enjoying the differences between the book and the show. But... <sighs> there's something about the show that allows me to visualize it a little bit differently because I could visualize it, you know, probably perfectly when I tried to read it the first time, I just got busy, started watching the show. And I was like, well, I've got all these seasons to watch while I read it right now. So there's just something about being able to see Jon Snow, see Daenerys Targaryen. And, uh, if you haven't read the books, of course, <laughs> in the books, everybody's a lot younger than what they are in the show, which is interesting. Um, so I guess in the end, I just hope that they honor his vision because without him, there is no show. Yeah. Do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really hope that, um, when it's all said and done, like the final episode of the series is verbatim, like what he wants right. to happen. But the thing is, what if he doesn't know what he wants to happen yet? You'll just have to. I, I would hate for him to not know. I, I yeah. would hate for us to go into the final season and him second guessing himself and saying, "Oh, I want to do this," and then, yeah. "Oh, never mind, I don't want to do that," because that's going to make for a very poisonous and disastrous final season. Okay. Um, so another big thing in that relationship, you know, obviously is the incestuous part of it, and you know, I've seen some interesting reactions to it online. I think what people need to get is that as much as it looks like our world, it is not our world. You know, it's a whole other thing in that world. And even in the first book, uh, when you're reading from Daenerys' point of view early on, she says that she expected to marry her uh, brother Viserys. Yeah. And they... So, so they her look, hot younger nephew <laughs> isn't going to bother her. Right. Um, and... You can tell that incest is a uh, is taboo for them too, but it's um, like completely forgiven as soon as it becomes legitimized. Like right. the Targaryens married their brothers and sisters, their cousins, all that stuff. So yeah. like it's a problem until they get married, and it's like oh well, legally they're bound to each yeah. other, so it's okay. If I guess for some reason the Targaryens doing it even seems different than the Lannisters doing it. Uh, I guess mostly because I just figured out 
The Lannisters don't do that. Jamie and Cersei do that. Right. That's the big difference. That's the big difference. It's and, not and a family the, tradition. Right. And all the Targaryens did, did it. Yeah. So and sometimes... to keep the bloodline pure. Yeah. Sometimes if I talk long enough, I can fix my own math problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of... There's a lot made of uh, John and Daenerys uh, potentially having children. And, and, you know, my true prediction is that they do have children. And he had that great line in the, uh, where she says that she... <laughs> has this information about not being able to have children from the witch that killed her husband. And he goes, did you ever consider that wasn't a great source of information? Yeah. I thought that was good. See, I, I, I really hope that, uh, and this is weird because I'm a, I'm a big fan. Like, the, the show is amazing. The, the books are amazing. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. So it's weird for me to say I want a main character to die. But I really want Danny to die given childbirth. Like I, I really because you feel like, like it services the story. I feel like it services the, the, quote unquote prophecy of the witch that killed Cal Drogo, saying like you'll never have kids again. Well, okay, technically she can have them, but she won't live to okay. actually enjoy it. Maybe, so you know, you're thinking that rather than Jon Snow being the prince that was promised, that their progeny is the prince that is promised, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Well, that's a that's a tough one because I feel like it's hard to make a satisfying ending. And when I say satisfying, I don't mean a happy ending. So many fucking characters are going to die next year that there's no happy ending to this. Right, yeah. There's there's never, in no circumstance, will there ever be a happy ending on this show. Yeah. The only happy ending is if you do get John and Daenerys on the throne together. And it's always, that's not a happy ending for John. He doesn't want to be on the throne. And I think his best hope as a character is to plow through this whole incest fiasco <laughs> that we're going to see. That's just a funny thing to say. Like literally plow through it. There you go. Just. Bam. <laughs> hey man. It wouldn't bother me, I don't believe. If I was in that world, it wouldn't bother me. I, I mean, if that's thousands of years ago. Yeah. And he's only half Targaryen. Yeah. So yeah. You know. So you're saying Game of Thrones takes place in the past. Yeah. It's, it's the past. It really <laughs> happened. Just so you know. Like you, you think that Genghis Khan was conquering China and all that? No. no. Well, yesterday Danny. I actually found out how they denote the years. It's after the um, Targaryen regime started. I forget what it was. I'll have to tell you. Who Who is the original Targaryen to take control of the Seven Kingdoms? Um, it was Aegon. Aegon the First. Hmm. So it was something like after Aegon or something like that. Anyway, it was interesting because we had made the yeah because we had the joke earlier in the um, in a different episode saying that somebody wants to know what year Game of Thrones <laughs> takes place. It's like a uh, fourteen fifty. Yeah, fourteen ninety two. Yeah. Why do you think Columbus was running away? <laughs> what a summer. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, before we move on, like I said, this is a supersized episode, a lot to talk about. 
um, since we're going to talk about them doing the the beast with two backs, as I said earlier. Why do you think Tyrion looked so concerned? So Tyrion is trying his best to make sure she doesn't mess up. Okay. And I think that he sees from a political standpoint, like this could really backfire on them. You know, like... Um, But isn't marriage often used as the weapon anyway to unite political forces? Yes. And um, if you remember last season, um, Tyrion said, you can't take Dario Naharis with us because you will probably have to marry to form alliance. I think the worry is that because he is not a legit... Yes, he's king in the north as of right now. Um, at any point in time, Tyrion knows, you know, Sansa is the heir to Winterfell, not John, mm. by rights. So John okay. is a bastard in his mind. Because he doesn't have all the information. he doesn't know. So yeah. Traditionally, like you, that would be a bad move exactly. politically. Politically, yeah. that's a terrible move. So I think he's just worried that their emotions are getting the best of them and they could potentially make some critical errors in the worst to come. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was interesting. And there was a theory online that you know, he's upset because he's in love with Daenerys Targaryen. I mean, I think everybody's in love with Danny. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a core part of the show is that men, women, whoever, other than Cersei, probably, you know, fall in love with Daenerys Targaryen. But it, it wouldn't fit his character to lose sight of something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um you know, even if he does love yeah. her, I think he loves the potential of her on the throne more. Right. But if you do think about early on when he refers to cripples, bastards, and broken things, he thought that somebody like Jon Snow was more like him than he was like his brother Jamie or uh, somebody like Daenerys Targaryen. So that might kind of lend itself to some bitterness, saying... What does he have that I don't have other than height or good looks or whatever you want to want it to be? But I have at one point I had all these things he doesn't have. Money, notoriety. Yeah, I hope they don't go that route with it. That just sounds so cheap and tacky. Yeah, that's for I don't like I don't the greatest like it's the greatest fucking T V show ever made. And you're gonna have a scene where the dwarf on the show, and I use the word dwarf because that's the word they use. I don't know what I'm supposed to use in real life, but on the show they use dwarf and imp. You're gonna, you're going to create a, an extra layer of conflict for us to wade through, because he wants to marry the dragon queen. When he, when he's, he's the smartest character on the show. There's no way he should be in that situation. Yeah. You know, I'll accept it if that's the route they go, but they had to end it swiftly. You know, yeah, that it, way it become uh, a major plot point. Yeah, it definitely can't drag out. It needs to, if they go that route, it needs to end quickly. Okay. So, just to kind of finish up on John, you know, or Aegon Targaryen, as we'll have to get used to, I suppose. Um, a lot is made of the fact that he has the opportunity to form the alliance between uh, the two camps when Cersei says, I will help you with the Great War, but you cannot intervene in the war that follows for the Seven Kingdoms. 
And he says, no, I've already made a vow. I follow Daenerys Targaryen. And a lot of characters get upset with him. That leads to all these interesting meetings. And you get a nice refresher on what his character is like. How did you feel about that moment? Do you think it, it fit his character well? Or do you think it was just a way for them to create new conflict? Oh, it absolutely fit his character. And I think it fit the um, every other character as well. When they were saying, you know, like Tyrion, you, you don't know how to lie. Like, really? Like, you just fucked us. Um, like, it... John's always done the right thing, you know, or at least in his eyes, what the right thing was. He always tried to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I think it fit his character perfectly. Okay. And uh, I think that that will probably come up again. You know, he'll have to make a choice between honor and winning. Um, or they've set it up where it feels like he's going to be standing at the end. But I think you'll have to make a decision at some point, whether he's going to live or die. Yeah, I, I would love for them to do a parallel, because we see, you know, with all the flashbacks involving uh, Leona and Ned, Ned has that choice between honor and duty. You know, family right. family, and what's what he's supposed to be doing um, with the war, and he chose family. So I really hope they do kind of a parallel and basically give John a similar situation. Okay. Where he has to choose between the ones he loves and a vow. Okay. Well, before we get to one of the, probably one of the two main courses of the show, since we've already finished the first one, just a quick refresher on Theon. He I, has no balls. Theon still has no balls. Um, they took the pillar and the stones. They did. Uh, apparently getting a knee in the crotch doesn't hurt anymore. You don't have any meat and veg. I so. feel like it would. I feel like it would still hurt. I mean, you do have a <laughs> That'd bone. That'd be one there. fuck of a bruise. Like, <laughs> I would have, think. Like you still have a bone there. Yeah, it's like. Eh. Um. What does dead may never die though? <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a phantom limb. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, that tickled. Uh. So, basically, he gets what amounts to forgiveness from uh, John, and then he goes and rebel rouses a little bit to get people to go fight for his sister. Just point blank, I don't want to spend any time on Theon. They shouldn't have spent any time on Theon. Fuck Theon. Uh, <laughs> he dies I'm sure. I, I'm sure that the actor that plays Theon is the lovely gent, and I'm glad he still has a job, but fuck that character. I'm done with him. I've been done with him for several years now. Just point blank. Do you care how his story ends up next year? No. Okay. I, I just want him to die. That's that's the only any, investment I have. Any screen time that they give that character in a shortened season is a crime. That's how I felt with the High Sparrow. Like, that whole High Sparrow storyline. Like, why, yeah. why do... Why? If I had known there were only two more seasons left when that season was going on, I would have been so pissed every week. But, you know, if it's a 10-episode season and you don't know when the series is going to be over, yeah, do a whole fucking Theon episode if you want. But finish it up. We're done with it. Right. All right. That's my Theon rant for the week. Hashtag fuck Theon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I rant about Theon every week now. Hashtag killjoy, Greyjoy. Yeah. 
And I've been reading the books and rewatching the earlier parts of the show, and I'm just like, oh, God. Because uh, they yeah, plant the seeds early yeah, they, for they how plant, terrible he's going to be. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dick. Yeah. Uh, what does the hooker call him? A serious boy with a serious cock. Yeah. <laughs> One of the all-time great lines of the show. Hope nobody that employs me or has known me since I was a child just heard that. That's terrible. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the main course, I would say, is the demise of Littlefinger. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, they set it up where Littlefinger is trying once again to manipulate Sansa into uh, killing Arya. So uh, we get to this, what looks like a meeting or a very quick trial. Where Arya is going to be charged with all these things. And then it turns out that uh, uh, Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger, has to answer for his crimes. Uh, the King of Chaos got got. Yeah, I loved his reaction. Like, he got super bug-eyed. He was like, Lady Sansa, forgive me. But I'm a little confused. That's a pretty good Littlefinger. That's a good one. Um, kudos to the actor. Yes, for absolutely. Because you've never seen him do that. Yeah. And uh, he just turns on a dime and uh, goes in the full bitch mode on us. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad they did that because it really showed his true colors, you know. Yeah, who he really is. Right. He's still that little puny kid from the fingers. Yeah, they got his ass beat. Uh, and I'm watching some of the earlier episodes, and there's this scene where he has a new prostitute, I think Roz. Yeah, that's right. a new prostitute to work in, and he, he's acting like this uh, super artsy porn director, telling them how to have sex with each other, and he's saying all these great things, and it's just that scene is so much more satisfying, you know, because you know how things are going to end for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning, if you, he's really one of the most interesting characters on the show, and I think he got lost in the shuffle a little bit at times. But he's really one of the more intriguing characters on the show. He progresses the story in so many ways. Um, did you have any issues with how he was taken out? No, I loved every minute of it. Okay. I loved the surprise factor. Um, you know, while I was in it, you know, living the episode, I was like, how did Sansa come to this conclusion? I was pretty upset that they left that out. But okay. the element of surprise was amazing. Like, it, it like I jumped off the couch. I was well, pumped. Well, it's like for me, plus you and I were finally right about something. And I've been saying all year that either Jamie or Cersei were going to die. So it's like somebody had to go. Yeah, somebody needed to go. And I'm glad it was Littlefinger. Yeah. So for me, it, it's obvious that at some point the three Stark kids got together. Maybe Bran stopped being fucking weird for five minutes. <laughs> and he told them that's possible. all the things that they knew about. And... Because he kind of threw some things back in uh, Baelish's face. And I just thought it was a, a good way to get rid of a character that, out of everybody, he probably deserved to die the most. You know, for all the things that he's done. You know, we have a, we have this majestic, amazing, yet heartbreaking story all because of things he did at the beginning of the story. Yeah. So I thought that was a good end for the actor portraying him because he got one of the all-time great scenes, in my opinion, of a character having to change, having to react. 
because he had played the same character the the same way the entire show. Yeah, he wasn't the the whole show. He did not show like any sort of element of surprise. Like he yeah. he was not shocked by anything. Yeah. And uh, the he word was the, the word surprised. is control. He yeah. always had control, and like he had plans A through Y, and yeah. he wasn't anticipating needing a yeah. Z plan. And he earned that death in so many ways. So yeah. that was good. Um, so I feel like that's pretty much everything from that episode. You know, were there any other big details I'm missing? Or? Um, yeah, you're missing like one of the biggest details possible. Uh, the wall came down. Yeah. The wall that Trump tried so hard to build Yeah. finally got demolished. How did I forget about the wall? I don't know how you forgot about the wall. Um, a friend of mine thinks that Tormund's still alive. I think I think Tormund's got got. I think he's I think he's done so. Um, well, I, I want him to to be alive so he can make babies with Brian. But um, yeah, know. and that is why he's not dead. But what purpose is he going to serve other than like a, to lighten up the mood later on? You know, next well, season? I mean, he's one of the best fighters on the show. Well, I, he, I agree. He's too big of a character to pretty much die off screen. We didn't physically see him die. Um, that actor means too much of the show. That character means too much of the show. His impact on the characters is too big. You know, my guess is this is what I see it playing out. John makes it the Winterfell. And then Tormund comes right behind saying, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're dead. You know, there's a dragon breathing this ice and fire mixture that took down part of the wall. So I think Tormund's alive. You know, hashtag save Tormund. <laughs> <laughs> we're full of hashtags. Yeah, I hate hashtags, but John Oliver does funny ones. So I'm, I'm trying to pay homage to him. Um, I think that he's too important to the show and at least especially those kind of like, I don't know how to describe the type of fan, the type of fan that really cares if he and Brian get together or not. There's a segment out there that would be really upset that wouldn't care about the show in the same way if they didn't see that. I don't like those fans. <laughs> If you listen to the show, I like you. But, you know, that's not what the original crux of the show was about. It wasn't about making you happy. Most of the time, it's the opposite. Yeah, you you got very heartbroken. I mean, season one, losing Ned, that was pretty rough. Um, You know, season season three, where we we, we just lost so many characters throughout the the series. Season four was a red wedding. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, uh, to me, Torment's had too much screen time and too much of an impact on the story to have just died in the in the avalanche. I mean, it didn't look good, um, and I think there's a, a healthy mix of people that think he's dead and people that think he's alive. I think he's going to be alive. Or they're going to have to find his body. Either way, you're going to see that character on screen again. Yeah, well, we, we got to see Zodor, Zombie Hodor. Um, we did, we did, yeah. Mostly because he was, you know, I'm assuming he was in the Army of the Dead. 
you know, obviously we didn't see a close up of his face and he wasn't walking around. Zodo. No, well, uh, <laughs> but, but you got to imagine that Hodor's in that army with the, I mean, they've got giant freaking giants. zombie giants. Yeah. <laughs> giant freaking zombie giants. Yeah. Zombie giants. Um, I think the reason I forgot about that scene is that we've seen so many great action scenes that took place at the wall. That one didn't really stick out in my mind as like a a great scene by itself. Sure, what it means going forward is, you know, to me, after he gets the ice dragon, nothing's going to shock me <laughs> that he does with uh, an undead dragon. So it didn't blow my mind at all to see what happened last week. I was like, oh, well, of course, <laughs> of course this is what happens. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I was a little intrigued as to how, like, I guess because the wall was destroyed, the magic that was in it left. Cause I don't know yeah. if you remember Benjamin Stark. He said he couldn't cross the wall because only the, you know, the dead can't cross it. Yeah. Um, I do well, remember big ass army of the dead crossed it when it was destroyed so um it was kind of interesting to see you know i didn't know how they were going to make it work i think they did it perfect the wall is like a stuffed crust pizza if you take a slice before you get to the door it loses its magic yeah i guess um but you know i i was i was very happy with how they did it i thought they did an amazing job yeah, uh, it was a very short scene. Obviously, it was like the last two minutes of the episode. But man, it was it, it was a very impactful episode in that it really shows you how big his army is. Yeah, and he's finally here. Well, the scene before that was the scene with uh, John and Danny getting together and finding out um, the nitty gritty facts of John's origins. So, correct. Um, it just felt kind of secondary to me for some yeah. reason. Yeah, I, I can see why why you would think that. I, and, you know... I, it it I, was still important. It absolutely sure. was important, but I feel like this late in the season, the, especially the season finale, with only one se- uh, season left, I think just about every scene we're going to see from now on is significant in its own way. Right. I don't think they're going to waste our time with... It's like with, every scene, there's something. Man, I don't think they're going to waste our time with bullshit. Even if it's a conversation, it's a conversation that fundamentally changes the direction of a character's life or something that's going on in the show. So, do you have anything else that you want to talk about from this episode? Or you, is there anything particular you're looking forward to for next season? Or Yeah, so I'm interested to see... Um, I mean, you have to assume that Danny, John, and that whole army is going north um i'm interested to see how this season starts okay Um, so we we saw the the zombies breaking through the wall i want to see how people react to it i want to see if um you know winterfell finds out episode one if they find out you know towards the end of episode one beginning i I just want to see the fallout of the wall coming down that's what i'm most excited about one of the more controversial and more confusing parts of the show is the pace at which the White Walkers operate. Because it feels like they should have... Have they just kind of been hanging out until they found a way to get through the wall? Do you think that's kind of what it was? Um, I mean, that had to have been what it was. you know. Because just, if they can't cross... Their, yeah, if they can't cross, then what's the point of even getting to the wall? 
So I think they were just, you know, circling around trying to beef up their army as trying much as possible. Trying to goat somebody into a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, did they goat someone into a mistake. Yeah, I think that was the one of the more critical points of last week that a lot of fans and critics were upset about was that it just doesn't make any fucking sense, you know, to go out there. A, you've got your dragons with you. Why not try to kill the, the Night King yeah, right they, then and there? Like, you don't go after the White Walkers. You only kill the zombie, the like the little zombie whites. Like, kill, kill the White Walkers. So were those kind of separate camps? Um, kind of like um, different levels of strength, you would say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, some definitely got, looked more formidable than others. You've you've got the the, the zombie skeletons yeah. that in the books are called whites, which is really confusing because it's like W I G H T. And then there's the and others. And then there's the others, which yeah. the show calls white walkers. So, <laughs> whites, so, white walkers. Um, okay, so on the show, there's really just in most people's eyes the white walkers. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a class system almost. You could kind of look at it that way. Yeah. And you got to think like the dragons themselves. So Rhaegel and Viserion, they're probably, while they're supposed to be like insanely smart creatures, they're probably not smart enough to know, oh, let me kill these blue guys instead of these skeletons. Right. But Danny's on Drogon. Danny should be smart enough to know, hey, let me kill these guys. Do you think that? In that situation, she could have killed the Night King if oh, yeah. she wanted to. Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been game over. But you know, then yeah, we won't, then you then we won't have, a, have a season eight. Yeah, well, you'd have a season eight, but it would be all about um, the throne. And one of the other criticisms I've been hearing a lot is that there's maybe a little bit of a mishandling of the actual fantasy element of the show, um, where you're not. <laughs> You're not paying as much attention to something like the Night King or the White Walkers or uh, the development of the dragons. They're just kind of these big things that come in and out. Um, so just kind of, we don't even have to go into that because that's, that's really complicated. <laughs> um, but are you more intrigued by um, the war between humans and the undead or humans and humans? Because I know your game, of, I, I know you're walking dead issue is that you care more about the humans versus zombies aspect on that particular show. Absolutely. Um, So I think that the war between the humans while intriguing isn't anywhere near as intriguing as the war between the dead uh, and the living because the dead has supernatural powers where the Lannisters just have have, money and influence. influence. Um, so you know that and we've kind of seen that storyline already go round and round and round and round you know every season we've seen the Lannisters one-upping somebody right I want to see something different I want to see an ice dragon just plowing through towns and I want to see a dragon battle like that's what I'm looking forward to a a full-on aerial assault dragon battle well what I really wanted was for one of the wars to be over at this point. I did too. I really wanted a, a unified Westeros going up against the dead. Yeah, because um, next year, if you have six episodes, I don't think you can dedicate half the time to the Iron Throne and then half the time to the battle for human existence. 
Um, especially you can't have John and Danny participating in both. But my guess is that you'll kind of have them fighting off the White Walkers, and then you'll have the fallout from Jamie and, and new things going on in Winterfell. So overall, did you enjoy the season? I know you enjoyed the season, but do you think it stacks up well against the other seasons of the show? Uh, I definitely do. Um, like I said earlier, you know, I feel like every scene was there for a reason. Like they weren't wasting our time with any of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed. You know, there were there's there's issues with timing that comes with a shortened season. But the great thing about it is, you know, previous seasons we've had filler episodes where maybe yeah. two significant things happened, but two significant things within an hour is pretty terrible. Whereas every single thing within the hour is significant with well, this new season. Uh, my only counter to that is that to me, there was a certain enjoyment in those episodes where not a lot of things happened, but there was a lot of character development. Oh, the character development was... A lot of enrichment was, to the uh, story. And, and I feel like we're not going to get much more character development, you know, especially yeah, the next season. At this point. Um, but I, I do think that the 10 episodes per season, hour long, at the beginning, was very important yeah. to establish the characters. Yeah, and it, it established the pace yeah. as well. And I think that's, it's, and I guess that's its biggest enemy right now is it, like you said, it established the pace. Well, now the pace is quick. Yeah. So it's going against its own formula. And And I think that's where the backlash is coming from. And it's kind of like, even if you have these hour and a half long episodes, you can't do 45 minutes. You can't do two stories of 45 minutes a piece. You can only start and finish one story no matter how long that episode is yeah I, I really hope that they don't do like one episode army of the dead one episode king's landing and then just flip yeah. flop back and forth i oh, want a resolution that. and then move on yes exactly. to the next thing exactly so um this is our last talk about game of thrones for a while uh we might do a, kind of some side episodes to talk about uh the books and uh, right now you're reading uh, The Night of the Seven Kingdoms, and that's something I'm planning on picking up uh, here soon. But uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully every week, uh, even if some vacations come up. you know We'll uh, try to uh, add in some extra episodes so you can uh, you know, still get a, a dose of this if you want it uh, each week. So You know you want my nerd bod. Uh, swast the remaining three subscribers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, going into the fall movie season, fall video game se- season, you're picking up Destiny Two next week. Yes. Uh, you know, you and I are both still working our way through uh, Madden NFL 18. Uh, Justice League is coming up. Star Wars is coming up. Uh, we can do some retrospectives on movies, TV. Uh, video games, even music. So plenty more to come here on the Nerds Landing Podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you to uh, just the series of Game of Thrones. It gave us a great start uh, for this new endeavor and something we uh, both love and a lot of our uh, friends and family members love. So just kind of kudos to the show. And you know we're, we can't wait to see uh, what happens with that story either on the written page or on the television screen. So I just want to say thanks to our listeners that we've had so far, and uh, please stick with us as we uh, transition into some new topics. So 
Yes, uh, you guys listening to us every week it has has been amazing. Uh, we appreciate you all tuning in, and you know we appreciate that people want to hear us ramble about you know things like Game of Thrones or the Sriracha app or uh, <laughs> you know just our our everyday life. So we, we big shout out to you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Remember, what is dead may never die.